Welcome to The Review, a mini episode from Full Dive Gaming Podcast. In The Review, we choose a single VR game, dive on into it, giving you all the details, and then a yay or nay on whether or not we think you should get it. This episode is Jay and Adam discussing Blade and Sorcery and the new Blade and Sorcery Nomad that is launching on the Oculus Quest at the same time as this episode will be. How you doing, Adam? I'm doing great. You know, I'm real excited to talk about this game. Blade and Sorcery, when it first came out, was one of the coolest experiences that I had in VR, and it feels good to be talking about it here. You know, I suppose that's a little bit of spoilers for how I'm going to <laughs> review it at the end, right? I, I can't lead the discussion with like, yeah, Blade and Sorcery is awesome. It sort of spoils the ending, right? <laughs> I, I mean, there's more factors than just how fun the game is. You know, there's games that price and other factors vary on that. But yeah, Blade and Sorcery, it's it's been out since December 11th of 2018. Did you play it all the way back then in its earliest builds? You know, 2018 seems real early. I think I got into it about mid-2019. Mm-hmm. And so, but that still leaves a good two plus years with the game. So mm-hmm. I've, I've been playing with this game for quite some time. That's almost three years now. In another month, it'll have been three years. Do you know this game is still early access on Steam? <laughs> well, it's still early access <laughs> because I believe that there is a grand total of one developer who's working on it. Yeah, it's extremely small. So if you don't know what Blade and Sorcery is out there, that's hard to imagine if you're into VR, you don't. You've probably seen videos of it. If you've seen something that looks like a insane psychopath murderer killing people, cutting off body parts, and just generally destroying people in what looks like ancient arenas or old villages, you've probably seen footage of Blade and Sorcery. Uh that that's a pretty it's a pretty crazy description you want to give a more professional description of what the game is adam (laughs) you know i'll see if i can do my best blade and sorcery is a medieval sandbox combat simulator where you fight (laughs) off waves of enemy using your trusty weaponry as well as some innovative magic techniques (laughs) <laughs> How's that for professional? <laughs> that, that definitely is probably what they want to market it as versus what it actually is, which was what I yeah, said. Yeah, I know. You get the professional description of like fending off waves of enemies and then you get the realistic, you know, how people actually play it, which is the psychopath simulator, you know, yep. lobbing off heads and then throwing those heads at other enemies. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, I have played this game uh, for a while now. I definitely was not part of the super early cycle, but I tried it on PC and really exciting news. I got a little bit of early access to it on Quest 2. Now, this is technically called Blade and Sorcery Nomad, so it's not considered exactly the same game, although the developer said basically it is the same game as it stands right now with the U10 update. It is the same, but of course you're getting downgraded textures, graphics, those kind of things to fit on the quest. The reason they did this is they're going to continue to develop for it on PC. Mostly they're going to upgrade, change that, keep building more. And the quest one may get left behind a little bit since they're such a small development team, but they didn't want to have to wait on having both of them out to roll the updates out. So they made it technically a separate game with a very slightly different name. And you know, I am 100% okay with that. And that mm-hmm. actually, <clears throat> that makes me really excited to see the future of this game because one of the problems that a lot of games run into, um, Onward comes to mind, is that when they ported it to Oculus, they re- tried really, really hard to mm-hmm. make the PC version and the Oculus version identical so they could develop them in tandem. And when they did so, the PC version got such a graphical downgrade and a quality of life downgrade that people were really pissed about it. <laughs> yep, yep. And I they actually had to revert all of those changes on the PC. And so to see Blade and Sorcery coming out and going, hey, 
we're developing this as an entirely separate game. That way we can continue on with PC completely unrestricted. That feels real good. Yeah, they're making a good decision for all parties here. I think doing it that way. Quest 2 finally gets some Blade and Source reaction like they've been waiting for. And I say it like that because this is a Quest 2 exclusive. Now the second one, and the developer said they tried really hard. They wanted it to come out on Quest 1 as well, but they said it was just going to have too many downgrades and it just was not going to be the experience they wanted that they finally decided it will be Quest 2 exclusive. Which is really interesting because up until this game, I wasn't... I think 100% sold on the idea that the Quest 2 was that much more of a powerhouse than mm-hmm. the Quest 1. Um, but let's talk about the game itself. So again, I feel like that we ran into this with a couple different games, Minecraft VR especially, where there's a couple different versions of the game and I feel like that we lost a little bit of focus trying to talk about both of them. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about just the PC version and then we'll talk about maybe how it translates to the Quest 2. Sounds good. All right, cool. So, Jay, do you enjoy the beheading murder hobo simulator of of Blade and Sorcery on the PC? I I would not like to admit how much I enjoy it. It's (laughs) one of those games that you see footage and you almost are like, what kind of sick people would enjoy this? Kind of like Grand Theft Auto before you ever played it. And then you get in and you are instantly having a good time. (laughs) It is... It is surprisingly fun. I struggle a bit with with some of the mechanics of it. It feels very different from most VR games. So like in this game, the weapons have weight to them. You can't just slash your sword as fast as you want. You have to control the weapon, some of them even with two hands. And so that was something that didn't really translate over from the videos. That was probably my hardest thing to get used to and enjoy about the game when I first got in, though. It's definitely hard to get used to. So, for example, mm-hmm. if you take one of the biggest weapons of a game, like a giant great sword or something like that, when you move your hands, the weapon has a bit of weight to it. And so it'll follow a little bit behind your hands. It mm-hmm. has a max speed that it caps out at, for example. And so at first, it can be really disorienting because your hands aren't where your hands are in real life. Yep. And so it just feels a bit off. But once you get the mastery of those weapons, once you get a feel for, okay, this is how fast I can move these different weapons, I think then it starts to feel really good because your brain sort of tricks yourself when you're moving your hand at that speed to try and control the weight. It feels better because it feels like these virtual objects that VR really struggles with this appearance of weight, it really gives these bigger weapons that weight that a lot of other medieval um, games really struggle with. Skyrim mm-hmm. VR is a pro- is a game that really struggled with that. You know, it's a funny thing with VR still because the problem is a controller, a Quest 2 controller weighs, what, 126 grams? That's not a lot of weight. So when it comes to boxing <laughs> games, when it comes to sword swinging games, axe swing games, your physical body can move way too quickly, way too fast. It's not realistic. So some games try different ways. They, some of them make a stamina builds like Creed did with boxing to keep you from moving your hands too fast. And with Blade and Sorcery, they did it with this weight, which makes sense because you shouldn't be able to swing a heavy axe. If you've ever split wood, you know what I'm talking about. You can't just (laughs) fly that axe all over the place and kill a whole bunch of people all at once. You're cutting one piece of wood at a time and it's hard work. And so they're trying to fix that and make it more realistic that way. But it can, in a way, make it feel less realistic because I can move my hands really quick. Why is this controller not moving with me as quickly? So it is a tough problem to fix. And once you get used to it, it is easy to overlook. But it definitely at first was the biggest, biggest uh, 
break to the immersion I felt in the game and something I didn't expect because you don't really realize it watching videos on it that that happens. But hopefully that only happened, at least for me, that only happened at first. And I feel like over time, I really have an appreciation for that sort of weight in the game. Did you ever get to that point or is it always been an annoyance? The problem with me and Blade and Sorcery is I I like the game, but I play it so infrequently. Like I'll pick it up, you know, once every few months and play for an hour or two. I'll play quite a bit or I'll be showing it to someone and it'll be great. But every time there's a moment of like, oh, yeah, I remember that. And I have to get used to that again, (laughs) you know, or even like you get your hand caught on like a dresser or something in the in the house as you're like getting ready to go to the battle. Like the hands with the physics they have, they'll get like caught behind something. And you're like, oh, what is this? Because there's real world touch to everything inside of the game, whereas other games might let you move your hand quickly through an object to stay with the controller instead. So they've thought a lot about physics. They've built that in. But when too many VR games still don't have great physics, it still always feels a little awkward when Mm. you first get in. So this game is compared a lot to another arena based Mm -hmm. uh, combat simulator, Gorn. Now, Gorn takes this problem of weight and swinging too fast in a completely different direction. With Blade and Sorcery, it's like, okay, everything has weight. I'm going to be moving a bit slower. Uh, When I attack, it's going to feel real so that you don't get this really flighty, wavy sort of combat. Gorn Mm -hmm. takes that in a completely different direction. It's like, well, if you're moving that hand that fast, if you're moving this weapon, this mace at lightning speed, you must really be that strong and takes yep. it to a different level and just lets you fling enemies across the arena. Um, what, which of these two different arena games do you prefer? I, I would still say blade and sorcery is the better one, but Gorn stands on its own two feet for a lot of reasons. And the reason it gets compared is because it's $20. You fight off waves of enemies in an arena. So they're both $20, right? Uh, you know, it's similar, but Gorn is so much more cartoony and fun that it makes sense that it feels that way. Yeah. And the weird part about Gorn, your weapons are all flexible. So when you swing your <laughs> swing, your ax, there's like a weird bend to it. So even though your hands move just as fast, the weapon may not where mm. blade and sorcery tried to stick with the weapon, having the weight and not being flexible and weird. Cause they're trying to go for ultra realism here and they do deliver quite well on it. I got to say, when we first saw videos of the game, Nat was kind of freaked out by the facial expressions people made when, <laughs> when you were killing them. You know, this wasn't just, this wasn't just GTA. You shoot someone, they fall over dead. Like there are, faces and winces of pain in their face and things when you're killing them and it's it's a little intense you know i would say this is one game that you know it deserves a mature rating and i'm not sure super young people should be playing it it's it's intense i completely agree but if you're looking up videos of this online right now and you're thinking how could these psychopaths be enjoying this let me (laughs) tell you once you get into the game and once you get over the initial maybe shock value you can definitely tell it's a game mm-hmm. and you will get sucked into it too. Let me assure yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. It's not realistic enough when you're in the game that you feel bad for what you're doing. You yes, know, it yes, is very yes. clear that you're playing against dumb AI. <laughs> That's, you know, kind of bouncing around and doing whatever they are. They are not uh, intelligent, realistic human beings. This is a game. <laughs> Video does not do that justice, but you get in and it's just, fun you know it's one of those games that it's not only fun to play you put people in you watch their reactions and that's fun their friends are there and they're watching their reactions they want to get in and play it it's a crowd please you know this is a good party game as long as you have you know a, a pretty mature aged crowd to put into it so that's another benefit of the game i would say it's kind of unsung this is one of those games that you can put anyone into it and they just have a blast and they might feel a little bad about themselves for having a blast but they enjoy it <laughs> now let's talk about so this game is still in development mm-hmm. um it is at the moment considered a sandbox type of game. 
They give you all the weapons and all the different modes and all the difficulty settings right out from the get-go. And you can kind of tell that there's it always seems like there's a little bit more just on the horizon for this game. Mm -hmm. And the developers have been really good about continuously updating this game. They recently just came out with a fantastic dungeons mode where you fight through this procedurally generated area uh, with different enemies and different levels of weapons and whatnot. Um, Have you been... How do you feel about the way that the game has been developing? It feels like they're always just on the cusp of coming out with their single player campaign uh and all these other things but it seems like it's been on the cusp for years now (laughs) (laughs) i seriously believe that if you buy this game you are buying something that is going to change continually and forever i don't know if this game will ever be done (laughs) i feel like that's a good point it just will always be changing and you'll be excited for the new changes but that 20 dollar price tag looks pretty good when you find out you're getting you're getting everything we've said plus a lot more is coming and I, the new dungeons mode, I gotta say, I enjoy it, but I think dungeons is kind of a bad name for it because it's not always a dungeon. Like it's funny because you'll go into this cave that looks like a dungeon, but you go away through the cave. It's procedurally generated. All of a sudden, you step out the other side of this cave and you're in this building, and then you're back outside. Like it's yeah, not like beautiful a, vistas, by the way, yeah. with amazing <laughs> ocean and sandy beaches. <laughs> yeah, a plank that somebody can walk off of. It's it's beautiful, but it's not necessarily. It doesn't feel like a dungeon crawler by any means. There's no monsters. You're still fighting the normal people that you fight, but just in this longer stretch of land that you can explore and go through so it's i don't think dungeons is a great name for it, but it is a very welcome addition and very fun to the game it just wasn't what i expected i thought there'd be some monsters i thought there'd be some rats i thought there'd be some dingy dungeon <laughs> you know, there's caves and there's buildings and you're going back and forth through both you never know what you're going to get into so it doesn't exactly feel like a dungeon to me and that's fair uh personally i've really enjoyed the dungeons mode it feels like it created a goal to blade and sorcery instead Mm -hmm. of this god mode sandbox that you had before and it feels nice to constantly you know be pushing the level of the enemies up just to see just to get that challenge of getting to the edge of the dungeon uh which i've enjoyed so is there anything else you want to talk about the base game before we start diving into the quest 2 version of it I think we should briefly touch. There's a lot of weapons, so maybe we should just touch on a few of yeah. our favorites, kind of how they work, and then why is it called Blade and Sorcery as well? So, what are some of your top picks for weapons to use? Ooh, number one top pick of all time is daggers. <laughs> <laughs> daggers in each hand. So, this game has a really fun physics system, and you can interact with the weapons in really cool ways. So, if you're holding daggers, you can throw it up in the air and catch it. So, you're holding the dagger backhand. Mm-hmm. You can hurl the daggers at people. Um, and then the second part of the name, the sorcery, you there's a couple of really rudimentary spells you can use where you can actually telekinesis weapons back into your hand. So you throw a weapon into a guy and then try and pull the dagger back out into your hand. So I love the daggers and I love the medium swords mm-hmm. with a shield. Yeah, there, there's a huge variety of weapons in this game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of everything. Oh, what uh, about yourself? I find uh, what I really used to like, I don't know what they're called, but they're like these, you, they look like kind of like fists. You hold them, but they have a dagger sticking out the front of each one. I really liked those for a while because I could have one on each hip. And when all, all else failed, I'd lost on what was I could grab them out and just start punch knifing people, which I thought was really cool. But I also <laughs> like a sadistic the, boxer. Yep. Now that the, <laughs> now that the quiver for the bow and arrows has been updated and holds 50 
instead of 12. I like Which the bone arrow. Which is a huge bonus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the bone arrow. 12 was not nearly enough. Uh, 50 feels right. Yeah. And I definitely like some of the bigger weapons, you know, the big clubs and things oh. that you can just knock people. I like knocking people across the world. <laughs> so I like that. I like that in Gorn. You know, I like to be able to hit people across the stadium. And some of those big ones have some power when you really learn how to wield them right. The problem is learning how to wield them right. Yeah. Because the bigger the weapon, you can deliver a lot more, you know, powerful blows and a lot more punishment with it. But man, it takes some skill to use the bigger weapons because if you try and if you get out of sync with the speed of the weapon, mm -hmm. it just feels like it flops around on the enemy. <laughs> yep. Yep. It does not hit them anymore. You just kind of end up with the, the stick next to their You're head. Just pushing them. Yeah. 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 It's definitely that. But the game also has some grappling to it, which is where daggers and single head weapons are cool because you can quickly grab someone's arm. They have their sword in so they can't use on you and you can stab them in the chest or you can grab their head and stuff your dagger into their face you know there's a lot of really cool mechanics that are physics based and there's so much we could touch on but trust and i feel me, like it's difficult yeah. for us to touch on it though without sounding like insane psychopaths <laughs> <laughs> it, it is but you get in this game it's not it's not as uh as detrimental to your mental health as it might sound like from us it's a good it's a good and fun game that you can pass time with without turning into a psycho murderer so yeah completely in agreement uh, but the with sorcery. The sorcery yeah, yeah the sorcery so we touched a little bit on the telekinesis and that's fun because you can telekinesis weapons into your hand mm -hmm. um you can spin them around in the air but there's also three different spells i believe yep there's a more powerful telekinesis blast sort of thing um there's a fireball and there's an electricity yeah now the sorcery part of Blade and Sorcery is always the part that I seem to forget about a little bit. Yep. I feel like I get so sucked into the depth of the of the weapon skills that I always panic and think about the sorcery as a very last option. Yep, <laughs> do you exactly. enjoy the sorcery in the game? I do when I remember to use it. Uh, the way the sorcery works in the game is you have two hands. You can assign a spell to either hand, and then your trigger becomes the charging for the spell. So you have to charge up the spell a little bit before you can use it, and you have a limited amount of magic. Uh, the lightning... Uh, and and the I would call it the force push, I guess, is what yeah. I would call that one. That, that's a really good name for it. Well, and then the lightning is kind of like the Sith lightning they have in the movies of Star Wars <laughs> where they zap someone with it. And it holds them down. I felt like both of those were inspired by Star Wars. So they the lightning is probably the most useful, I feel like, because it'll kind of help you hold a couple people at bay while you're fighting one off. The fireballs are cool, but I just feel like I can barely ever kill anybody. Even if I hit them with it, it like doesn't kill them. I feel like they're not very powerful. And then the the gravity, I think they call it the gravity spell is what they actually call it. But I call yeah. it the force push. There is a there is a cool system that where if you do one in each hand and you bring it together in your hands, it takes longer to charge, but it makes this blast of gravity that goes out and you can see it. And everyone who gets trapped in that bubble, it like picks them up into the air and disorients and messes them up. So if you're in a crowded situation, you can use this. It gets everyone away from you. And then you could, you know, knife them while they're up in the air or you can deal with the people around you. So it helps buy you some time. So I feel like if you become a master of the spells, you'll be way better at the game. But it is really easy to forget that the spells exist and just focus on combat. I think the spells are necessary if you want to be extremely good at the game, though. Yeah, and one of the cool things with the sorcery is that you can combine it with some of your weapon skills that you're using. Mm -hmm. So, for example, there's some enemies in the game that are armored, and those those armored enemies are real tough to take down. You either got to yep. use a blunt weapon because your bladed weapons just won't cut through the armor very well. However, you can hold a fireball in your hand, 
and stuff your sword in it and it'll heat up the weapon will get hot and infused with this fire energy that lets it pierce armor and you can do that with a bunch of different weapons so you can get a staff and put the gravity spell on it so that when you whack people with it it sends them flying yeah and so there's lots of cool things like that and you'll see that as you play the game that this is really an intricate in system like different systems that are interlocked with each other that combine with in really interesting ways so uh, you can use a dagger and you can stab someone with it or you can shove it into a a wooden wall and use two daggers and climb up the wall with it it's Mm -hmm. really physics based and that leads to some really interesting interactions Yep, and that's something we didn't also mention. You know, you can climb stuff, you can jump, you can kick. There's a full range of parkour ability to the game as well as all these other things. So the way you learn to fight is completely dependent on what you like. And you yeah. can become a master of fighting. You can become a very stylistic fighter that does cool stuff. And if you get full body tracking, then you can kick him for real. So <laughs> I don't know if I would trust myself to do that. I'm 100% <laughs> going to put a hole through my wall. Yeah, there's not enough space for most people to pull it off. But if you can, I feel like that would be the way to play this game. So I feel like we should touch on Blade and Sorcery Nomad because that is finally bringing this to a wider audience. Currently, Blade and Sorcery is only on PC. So you can't get it if you're on PSVR. You can't get it if you're on Quest. Blade and Sorcery Nomad is launching the same time this episode is. And it's also just $20. You get basically the exact same game. I played it, and it is everything that Blade and Sorcery is, besides some of the visuals. Uh, And it is just incredible with the Quest because you're so wireless. You're so free. You get to do everything you want to do without worrying about pulling on something or running into something. What I want to do is like Space Pirate Arena. I want to take this thing outside, map out a huge <laughs> space, and then just run around the actual arena instead of... Oh, that would of, be amazing. Yeah, that, that's yeah, my, but that's hold my on. dream. Full stop. You said the <laughs> graphics weren't as good. Yep. So is that going to be a deal breaker or the... Are the how good are the graphics? So you said that they're not quite as good. How about you explain that a little bit? So it definitely depends on what you're looking at. If you're in arena mode, you're in a fast combat situation, you're fighting people off, you're barely going to notice it. But if you're stopping to take in the views in the dungeons and outside the ocean, it looks very plain in comparison to PC. You don't have the same reflections on the water. You don't have the trans the transparency of a lot of the water. You don't have the the leafy greens in the trees are like a flat texture and then there's a little bit of aliasing when you look around on the walls and things and the people you don't get the blood you don't get there is blood <laughs> there is not as much blood because in the steam version you hit somebody with an accident leaves a mark on them you don't oh. get that on quest mm-hmm. you see the blood a little bit of blood spurt and you see them fall but he doesn't leave the blood there is still dismembering you still cut people's parts off but it's definitely had they had to take a lot of that away to get this run smoothly on quest you're not going to notice it in the heat of the moment though it's still a fun game but you're definitely if you're a content creator you're making videos of this in post you're going to look at that and you're going to go oh wow this doesn't look nearly as good (laughs) so what about how it feels though so obviously on the quest this isn't going to be a game for sightseeing Mm -hmm. that's okay what about the controls because that's one of the things that blade and sorcery really nails for me in the pc version mm-hmm. where when you're swinging a sword it feels like it has that weight when you're going through a dungeon you get or fighting an enemy you get really intricate combat fighting styles are those going to be the same in the quest 2 version 
I feel like game mechanics wise and all that, it is exactly the same game. I'm used to playing on a Rift, which has the same controllers basically as the Quest 2. And it felt just like I was playing a less pretty version of the exact same game. I couldn't pinpoint anything about the mechanics that was different. It was only visuals. And as they stand right now, you know, they're going to keep developing for the PC. But right now, version for version, I feel like it's exactly the same game. It just doesn't look as good. Well, that's really good to hear. Um, And it's really remarkable how they were able to bring such an incredible game to the Quest 2. Yeah. Natively. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is impressive, especially with the team they have. That's probably why we haven't seen as many updates on PC in a while. They've probably been working on this for a hot minute. (laughs) But luckily, there's always modders to fill in the gap, right? (laughs) I feel like that's something that we didn't cover and is really important. So Blade and Sorcery, especially on the PC version, is really known for its modding. Mm -hmm. You can mod in anything under the sun into Blade and Sorcery. So you'll see people with full Jedi robes and lightsabers hacking and slashing away uh some crazy modders have even made guns into the game so you can bring your full ak-47 into this medieval (laughs) arena um blade and sorcery nomad on the quest 2 will also support full modding not the same mods so they're going to have to be ported to work with the quest 2 architecture Mm -hmm. but it will support full modding which is wild (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's shocking that they can do it. Modding a quest is not quite as simple as modding a PC, but someone will make a launcher for the quest that'll make it about as simple. You'll you have to plug your quest in to do it, but it definitely in time will have, I believe, all the same mods that it does on PC. And that's huge because modders, just like Beat Saber, this has really given the game the legs to last the test of time while the developers still make more for it. I believe that if it wasn't for any mods, the game might not be where it is today. You know, I feel like that's fair of a lot of games. A lot of the big, incredible games that we think of really got there on the backs of this incredible unpaid modding community. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, hats off to you guys. The true passion project creators. Yeah, they they hold the whole gaming industry together. <laughs> so where does that leave us? Are we are we ready to yay or nay this game? Now let's do specifically the PC and the Nomad, or should we just do it together? I think we can do it together, because like I said, the game right now as it stands, I feel is the same game. Mm-hmm. So I think we're good to do it together. All right, let's do it. Okay, three, two, one. Yay. Yeah, 100% yay. <laughs> I mean, maybe I gave that away at the very beginning. But in particular on Quest 2, natively, even though the graphical fidelity might not be 100% of the way there, it's still like 95% of the way. And with the controls feeling exactly the same, it is a 100% must buy. Yeah, it's. I was surprised when I got in the Quest version how close it looked. There are things you'll notice as you play it don't look as good, but it looks surprisingly good it, it pushes the limits of what you kind of think the quest 2 can do and that's always amazing to keep seeing that so if you're out there you've been on the fence you've been waiting now is the chance you can get it on quest 2 or on pc hopefully psvr someday but i know they have a small development team that's hard <laughs> to do that's hard to make it happen but this is a game that i feel like every true vr enthusiast who isn't too squeamish you know I mean, there are people like that should own this game because not only are you going to enjoy it, but when people come over, they've seen footage, they're going to want to try this game out too. You need to have it to help convince those naysayers that still don't believe in VR yet because this this could convert anybody. Yeah, and maybe that is the one caveat that I have to recommending this game is that if you're someone who isn't a fan of 
any sort of violence. You know, Call of Duty is way too violent for you. This might not be the game for you. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. If you're okay with any sort of violence, get this game and you'll quickly become very okay with violence. <laughs> <laughs> you'll become much more okay with it than you were. <laughs> oh, I like that. Well, hey, if you're out there right now and you're like, oh, I'm loving this game or I still have some questions, come hit us up on Discord. You can join our Discord community. Ask us anything you want. I'm playing Nomad over here. I'm loving it. We've played on PC forever. We'll be here for you. All right. And as always, thank you for listening. And when it comes to VR, you need to dive on in. Dive on in. Dive on in.